I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. We are we are cranking. We're in August. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shannon yeah. and I are both in kind of hyper-ish or delirious <laughs> moods. We don't know. <laughs> we're dancing to the podcast. We were we always chit chat before we start, just mm-hmm. kind of catch up. And a couple weeks ago, we were like, we haven't talked to each other. <laughs> like, no, we had, but we had like pre-recorded stuff, and it felt yes. weird to have not connected with you. It felt like weeks, so it wasn't, but it felt like it. You hanging in there? You doing yeah. all right? Yeah, we're we're doing it. It's was. I mean, actually, I wore a sweatshirt this morning. Is it cool? It. I was it like, is. oh my gosh, I'm going to put a sweatshirt on. I mean, it's like we got a ton of rain. We got like million dollar rain yesterday where it like rained lightly all day. Now we had to harvest in that. <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. everyone is like completely soaked. I'm like, you guys okay? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. We're okay. I'm like, okay, because we have to harvest. Like I, I didn't know how to make it not happen. Like it had to happen. So, you know, it was just like August is hard. It's hot or today it's cool, but you're just like mm-hmm. fighting the weeds. You're still – fighting the weeds a little bit. Your harvest is really kicking up. The weather's mm-hmm. hot. For me, the kids What's are getting ready to go back to rain? school. Oh, What's million dollar rain? rain? What's million dollar rain? <laughs> well, Judd told me, Judd has all kinds of sayings, but he, there's like a, like a, oh, like a seed shop, an old fashioned like seed shop in Hartville. And he'll go get like cover crop seed there and like uh, animal food and that kind of stuff. And he always chits that. It's like the boys club there. Gotcha. And all the old guys always say, like, for the farmers, when it rains, like, all day, that's a million-dollar rain because it's, like, the farmers who just rely on rain for, like, their row crops gotcha. and stuff like that. That's what they all call okay. it. So okay. at that million-dollar one. <laughs> Ours, we were downpour. I mean, oh, really? thunder, lightning oh. all day long. Yeah. I was able to slip in a kid's workshop in the morning. Really? Oh, that's I know. Nice. <laughs> it was so lucky to not have to cancel. We did the yeah. we picked flowers and then walked up the hill. We did the goats and chicken thing first, and Aww. then went in the barn. Yeah. And then it was just like it just cut loose, thunder and lightning, and I was <laughs> soaked. We ended up calling the day off because there was no way we could even work in what yeah. we had. So yeah, yeah, ours wasn't like that. It was more just like um annoying misty rain. No, yeah, it poured. Just, I mean, my hair mm. definitely was. <laughs> Not agreeing with, with the misty rain because it's like humid, so then my hair gets like about three times the size that, that it shouldn't be normally. So you know, just dealing with all these things. Plus, my kids are getting ready to go back to school. So it's crazy, yeah, it's just yeah. wild how fast mm-hmm. it's gone. But if you're new to the podcast, every week we do on Instagram we do a on Sundays we do a, a question box that is a spill the dirt. So it's an ask us anything you can. I mean, we get all kinds of stuff at one time. Somebody asked about my dating life. We're still getting questions (laughs) about my dating life. And so, I mean, growing struggles, our personal things, they've asked like what clothing we wear, anything. And so then we form these 
uh, Spill the Dirt episodes, which is today is a Spill the Dirt episode where we just sort of pick through those questions and think like, you know, find the ones that we think most people would have, you know, would would maybe be feeling or want to hear uh, answers to those questions. And so that's what we're doing today. So. Yeah. Can't wait. There's some good ones. Yeah, there are some good ones. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. lots of good questions. And sometimes people just say sweet comments and stuff. Yeah. It's very nice. It's a fun. We like. I always like doing and going back and reading through them. So, so today this is a very timely one. So somebody had asked about July and August burnout. We have a lot of questions about burnout, social life, throwing mm-hmm. in the towel. So here's just some of the. I kind of combine these into one. But somebody asked, you know, how do you combat July and August burnout? and improve for next season? And then do you ever consider throwing in the towel? Do you have a social life in the summer? So you get sort of a theme for what some of these questions are. And I, we all deal with this Mm -hmm. every year. If you're in farming, this is a seasonal business. So Mm -hmm. there is sort of some embracing the seasonality and you kind of have to love that part of the, you have to love that part of this business because, um, I think that's very early on when I started working in a greenhouse when I was 16. That is what attracted me to it. And so there was sort of this like crazy rush in the spring when you worked in a greenhouse. The spring is like the busiest time. And then there was like the summer would kind of die down and, uh, you know, fall would always pick back up a little bit. And then we'd move into like the cozy, like Christmassy time. And then you got a winter break. And so Mm -hmm. that is, you know, very similar to it it, with this except – once it starts, it usually just continues to ramp up yeah. Yeah. Um, until winter. There isn't really like a slow in the summertime with flower farming. So I will, I guess I want to tell you just like a little backstory on and to answer these questions for you for just as for me personally. I know Shan has a different, different version, different story of this, but a few years ago, my brother sent a photo to our family photo. I don't think I've ever told you this. No. And I am very driven when it comes to my career. Mm-hmm. I have always been, uh, I'm a three. So if you read about an Enneagram three, you'll hear Shannon and I talk about it. We're both mm-hmm. threes. Kaylin Sheik is a three, oh, a Sweetwater Floral. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there can be a lot of, there tends to be a lot of like co- career driven I don't know, mm-hmm. confidence or like where self-worth yeah. can become from, from it. So, you know, there's a lot of things tied to it. But I saw my brother sent this photo to our family and everybody was in the photo except me. And Aww. I know, right? And so <laughs> it was just recapping a memory and somebody said, where was Lynn's in this? And somebody wrote, well, she was probably working. And it still hits me in the throat (laughs) because it's the truth. And so, but I also love what I do more than anything. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't imagine not doing this job. This is all I've done my entire life since I was 16. I am now 40. And so it is a constant balancing act for me. So the me not being in that photo, what it made me realize back then is that I still wanted to have a life outside of my career because this career can be all consuming. I'm sure those of you listening are have families. You have a husband or a wife and children, and you probably have another full time job, and you're trying to make this hustle work. And so it's it can be it can be tough, but you know it's. If you are feeling like you're completely burnt out or you're considering throwing in the towel, I what I do for myself is I am always self-evaluating on what works, 
Shannon and I were just having this discussion before the podcast mm-hmm. even started about being the owner of our own business. What does next season get to look like? And so how I for myself work on that is I am going through and I do it about once a quarter and we've talked about this a long time ago on the podcast, but what's life giving and what's life taking. And so for me, two or three years ago, I looked at full service weddings and I was so resentful every time I got done with a full service wedding where I was going and setting up and doing the tear down and doing all the stuff. I dreaded it. So I made a decision to take it out. I was fearful in the way that was like the financial implications yes. of what that meant. Mm-hmm. But it gave me so much back on my time personally that it was such a win. The money didn't matter to me for that. So I am always looking within the season of like, what's working for me this year and what's not. And just knowing that it's okay for me even next year to cut something out that I'm doing this year. It doesn't mean you never have to do it again. It just means you're not doing it for that season. Maybe it's less workshops, which I think is going to be the direction I'm going. You know, looking at really where am I making my most money? What's fulfilling me personally? And where do those two things align? And so no, I don't ever consider completely throwing in the towel because – I love this. I love what I do. But if you are, you know, I mean, I would just encourage you to look at what what's working for you and what's what's not and cut out the things that are not. You know, if they're not making you a ton of money or you're maybe you don't love making bouquets, then maybe you just run an agritourism farm, you know, um, and you don't have to make bouquets and harvest and everybody else does it for you. So there's there's a ton of different ways to run a business. And I think, I guess to sum that up is that I'm just always looking for ways to improve the farm, my personal life. I don't want to have a business. I do this business because I want to have a life outside of it, not that I want it to own me, even though at times it does, right? There's time. Yes. There are times being the business owner, you have to suck it up and there are things that it does own you. It owns your entire life. But as long as that's for a specific time period, you know, it's not going on for an entire year, that's when you get to burnout, you Mm -hmm. know. And then, sorry, this last thing I'm going to ramble on about this. Burnout, Mm -hmm. I I read somewhere, is that burnout comes from not doing the things that you love. So if the business – is taking up too much of your time, it means you're not giving yourself enough of time to recharge, right? To be with your family, to be with your friends, to have an, that switch off. Sundays are huge for me. I mean, you can ask Sean. I Most of the time I'm like, where's my cell phone? <laughs> I don't yeah. know where it is. I just detach from it. I don't want to be on social media because our job does require that of us so much during the week to be on managing employees answering customers. So that burnout comes from not having enough time to recharge. So just, mm-hmm. you know, making sure you're keep keeping yourself a priority in that is, is super, is super important. So mm-hmm. it's a yeah. long-winded answer to no, that's, all of those questions. Yeah. But I well, mean, it's I, a real thing. It's real. In it's, July and August are hard on all of us. Yep. I don't care if you're 10 years in, 30 years in, one year in, it's all hard. That's why it's like, you know, um, they had a really sweet couple come to our UPIC on Friday night and we were just talking about it, this being an exhausting season. And I told them, I'm like, I'm exhausted too. (laughs) It's not just you. And I think it's hard because we want 
we see on social media um, everybody's highlight reels, and so we don't get to see like all of the struggles and stuff that happen behind the scenes. Um, Jen and I were just talking at lunch today about a little bit of a labor struggle we're having on the farm. So we're like, okay, we recognize that this is a problem. We have a plan for next season, and now we just have to get through it, you know. And that's what. So part of it is just recognizing and seeing the problems and like giving yourself time to like come above the farm and mm-hmm. look down at the what the big picture of it all is because we really get can get wound up in the like day-to-day tasks list. I have to bunch this. Oh, this is weedy. This thing's good. You know, we do that too. I, I get involved in that too. But just giving yourself some time to like look from above and say, okay, the big picture is I see this is a huge problem. This is what I can do about it now. And then and then try to, you know, figure out you know, the best way to move forward. And it's just as the business owner, like, unfortunately, we don't get to just sit and and wallow a little bit in what's not going wrong. We have to be like problem solvers. That is our job. I mean, I truly think mm-hmm. that that is our job is to be the problem solvers. Like, okay, I'm seeing that we're all hot and burnt out. So like, how am I fixing this? What are we doing? Why is it happening? So it's like notes, journals, you know, trying to figure out how you can make it better it only sucks now is if you have no plan to be better in the future. So I really think that, like for me, that's that's something I'm like, I can accept it in the current state, but but I better sure as heck know how it's going to change in the future to get better. So um, do I ever consider throwing in the towel? Like literally never, never. Mm-hmm. I always just see everything as a problem to solve. And I think and even just from interacting with people through this podcast, it's sometimes, and it's the world we live in, but where everything is a little disposable, but we're real quick to throw in the towel. I mean, mm-hmm. people are sometimes real like, oh, that didn't work. I can't do this ever again because this one floor has turned me down and now I'm all discouraged. Like you do have to be grittier than the next person. Like you want to be a six, I, I truly believe this. You want to be a successful business owner. Guess what? You have to out grit that person next to you, you have to be like, okay, that's, I'm not bothered by every single no, because with every single no will come yeses. You just have to keep going. That's what I always Mm -hmm. tell myself. We're going to keep going. And Lindsay and I even will, will text each other say, Hey, we always get through it. And we do Mm -hmm. always. And that's kind of like my motto. So part of it is like having some tough love with yourself. Like we can all have our moments 100%, but being like, this is a problem that I need to solve. And not being so like, oh, I, I try to even to use that word like burnout because it just feels like hard. Like I feels like I'm like, oh, I'm burnt out. I mean, I just think this is an exhausting season of life. But guess what? In the other six months of the year when I get to have coffee in the morning after the kids go to go to school and maybe I get to split tubers in the greenhouse and maybe the other half of the day I get to talk Lindsay about our big dreams with Third on Flowers. That's like my dream. That's when my job is exactly what I want it to be. So it, there's like this balance in the seasons. There's like the craziness of the summer and then there's the kind of more we're still working, but we're the, the lesser like where my whole body doesn't ache some days, like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, and I think you need to figure out like how to embrace that. Like, hey, this is the time when we're really going for it. Like we're working a little bit longer. We feel it harder. Everything feels hard sometimes, especially in the heat, you know, Mm -hmm. so the weather doesn't make it any better. So for me, it's just like really figuring out how personally I'm embracing the seasons and finding that balance. And it's constant every day. So, and I, 
you know, I think it's really okay to make mid-season adjustments mm-hmm. to stuff because we change our minds our, as our business grows. You know, for, for me, for example, this year, I, I and I don't know if it was the way that the – it's been a hard growing season. It really mm-hmm. has it been has for been. farmers across yeah. the country. The weather has been strange. You know, the tulip situation where we lost some tulips this spring – it set me off on like this weird path, right? Okay. So I recovered from that. I'm great. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine. But my personal life, my social life, things have changed, have shifted for me. My dynamic within my business is changing and is going to continue to change. And I realized this summer, like I I just had, you know, a week where I was a little feeling, I was feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I run this business by myself and sometimes wearing every single hat is a lot. And I said, I was just sort of journaling and I'm like, okay, if there was uh, a word, if I could describe that I wanted right now, what would it be? And I wrote less. That's what Mm -hmm. I wrote. And so that meant less on my calendar is what it meant for me. And so I then mid-season this year, I just took four workshops off my schedule, which is was a diff- very difficult thing for me to do. It doesn't mean I'm failing. It doesn't mean that the business is not successful. It like none of these things that I could label it as that like disappointments. It made me feel completely relieved. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was the right decision for me in the moment. And you know, I learned some things from it to not schedule things so far in advance for myself to give myself a little bit of grace to figure those things out, but all of this is very adaptable. And that's the cool thing about owning a business is Mm -hmm. like, if it does feel like too much and you've got something seasonally going on within your family or you're dealing with something super stressful at your, you know, eight to five job, it's fine. You could let that whole field go to weeds Mm -hmm. and, you know, let it and start, start a new next year. And there is no shame in any of that. You know, we're, we're always, adapting and changing. And that's what I, that's honestly what I love about mm-hmm. running the business. And, and you're right. It's just problem solving. It, and for me, it's, it's yes. taking care of yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, evaluating mid season notes are huge. So mm-hmm. if we haven't talked about this here and we talked about it on the insiders, I'm not sure. Take mid season notes all year long. Just be jotting things down. Uh, we did talk about it on the insiders, I think with our zoom, zoom meeting on our structures mm-hmm. on how we did that. But you know, making sure you're going through and taking notes because you're not going to remember that in January, these like really specific, like this didn't work for me there. I think that was one thing I did, you know, in season last year with Mother's Day or the year before. And I was like, man, it made things go so much smoother than the next year because you're you're really giving yourself that information you need to Mm -hmm. kind of make good decisions into the next season. So Mm -hmm. anyway, yes, that's it. I'm going to be in my family photos. This this year, you you are <laughs> and will be. I mean, you just yeah. have to make it priority. Yeah, whatever you make a priority is going to be. And then I I don't know. I think a lot of people are like, oh, the grass is always greener, you know, on the other side. Or but it's really like the greenest where you water it. And I feel like I can have a. I hope that I'm at least somewhat of an example of like good business, good family, and in between what that looks like. I get to be, you know, an example for my kids and I get to be here for them when they get on and off the bus. Like everyone has their own different priorities. Like for me, that's number one. That's like the priority. And I make all those things happen from there. So it's just like, you know, making that internal list of what are the things that are important to you and then trying to prioritize or making decisions and setting boundaries within 
that what's most important to you. So if it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. for your like your top three, like what, what do we call that? Like your guiding principles or whatever in life. Like if it doesn't work for your family or for your business, then you create boundaries around that. And that will help all the decision-making processes. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I think I know, we've said this a million times, but mm-hmm. social media makes it as though you have to do every part of flower farming to make yeah. it that you are something. And that is mm-hmm. that is that is the quickest way to burn out because you don't. You could just mm-hmm. sell bouquets at a roadside stand be happier than a, I don't yep. know what. Yeah. I mean. Pig in mud. Pig in mud. There you go. <laughs> happier than pig in mud. I mean – or yeah. Lindsay in a derby car. I mean, that <laughs> again, I don't. Still going to happen. I know, Shannon. We're very, we have very different upbringings. I know. You're you are a city girl that turned into yes. a flower farmer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It's very true. It is. It is. <laughs> Ying and yang. Yes, but we're all looking. We're all looking for the balance. You're yep. not alone. We're all just figuring yep. it out day to day. So, and you can have a social life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a social, social life. Yeah. I, I mean, think- do you have a social life after 40? After no, 30? I just think the people who I work with are like basically my social life yeah. for the most part. And I'm totally yeah. good with that. Yeah. I mean, last year, I remember after I had quit, I had quit my full time job and I was here. I was working here like starting in March, basically full time. And it got to be August. And I'm like, I don't think I have left the farm. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> like I think I need to join a gym. I need to do something. <laughs> I was recognizing that I was a little out of balance with what, yes. what I had going on. So yeah, make time, make time mm-hmm. for those things. That's absolutely all this stuff can mm-hmm. wait. So anyway, yes. hang in there. Yeah. Hang in there. You got it. Okay. Next question. Can you explain the process of hiring your first employee? Sure. I'd love to. It was a complete crap show. <laughs> <laughs> my first employee and they were incredibly generous and sweet as we figured it out. So step one is just being honest about, hey, we're all figuring this out together. And the process for me was, and I think Lindsay and I, we kind of hired employees around the same time, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we were both like, okay, we can't continue doing this. We need help. And it doesn't have to be a full-time employee. It can just be a part-time. That's really all it was. It was like, I need someone to harvest and help make bouquets. That was their job. So I, um, the process step one, I think should be getting a clear picture of what exactly this person is going to do. So that will be step one and a very important step. They should not be a do-it-all person. I really think on your first employee, it should be like a really strategic, like I don't want to wash buckets anymore or I don't want to weed, like maybe you're just a weeding and wash buckets person. It'll help you manage them. It'll help them learn the specific skills that they need. So just like having some type of game plan about that, I think is really important when you're first hiring. Other than that, to this day, I think I use Lindsay's interview questions that she sent me. (laughs) Yeah. um, We just basically, I don't know, now after I've had employees for like four or five years, I really generally have a good gut feel whether someone's going to work or not work when we interview them. It's not, doesn't have anything to do with who they are or it's just, there's like certain characteristics that I think thrive. Me, I love waitresses. If you have mm-hmm. waitresses, I'm like, oh, multitaskers. Yes. And customer facing, you know, they're just like hustlers, like always like looking for the ounces of time. Generally fast movers. I like that. I know what, what, what is your test, Lindsay, if they walk with <laughs> They can walk if they can keep if they can if they can keep up with me walking. I'm serious. I walk super fast, and if they if I'm turning around and they're like ten feet behind me, I'm like gone duster. If they're in my dust, you are nope. 
<laughs> I always have like a, a ranking. Like when I do, yeah. I do a lot of, we'll do Zoom and then we mm-hmm. do face-to-face interviews yeah. and I'll do a little ranking like one through 10. And usually I draw a little, it looks like a zero, <laughs> but it's actually a snowball if they suck. And it's snowball's chance in hell that I'm hiring them. That's my like <laughs> ranking system. Like, nah. And, yeah. and mostly that's just, you know, again, I I have an HR background too. I did HR for 10 <laughs> yeah. years. So I managed five offices with like 40 women. So I think I can survive absolutely anything. You can't. Yeah, yes. I feel very tough. <laughs> so yeah, with hiring, mine was just sort of a happy accident. My dad, we had a girl, Elizabeth, who's still mm-hmm. with me today. Oh, yeah. She came with her mom to the farmer's market and my dad was working the farmer's market. So my dad likes to claim her oh. as as his hire, right? So I guess I don't uh. even get credit for it. But we, Shannon and I both were working full-time jobs and managing employees. Mm-hmm. From we afar. were cutting them loose from afar. So we learned all the tricks in the book, how to mm-hmm. like manage from afar and like improving communication skills on, you know, completing a task because we weren't there during the day. I was I had the ability to run home at lunch or, mm-hmm. you know, follow up questions, but it really forced us to sort of be organized in yes, you know, the list and kind of not putting out fires. We're working ahead of them in the front of the schedule. And we still work that way today. We use a very similar system. So we're we do walkthroughs on our farm and create the list. And then that list gets communicated to the staff and then they complete the list and it gets communicated back to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we check it. So that's sort of how it works now. But we did payroll and I would recommend talking to an accountant on this. Um, a lot of people want to pay, do a 1099 and as a contractor. And there's a lot of, yeah. I know in the state of Ohio, it's not advised for what we do. So if you're dictating their schedule and there's a lot of things that go with that. You're going to want to make sure you have like unemployment and workers comp and all of that stuff covered, which does not come with a 1099, which mean they would be a contractor to you. Mm-hmm. Contractors essentially are like they are their own entity. They bring their own tools. They make their own schedule. It's just like if you were working with a roofer, you know, mm-hmm. that's what that's what a general contractor is to be able to get away with just writing them a check and not doing payroll. There's a lot of, uh, I know it looks like a high... Ex, you know, higher expense, but it really does legitimize your business. And there's write-offs, you know, expenses that are included and in part of that. And then it keeps you safe as an employer and your employee as well. And they really are an asset. They are- Oh my gosh. You look at yeah. it as an expense, but they make you money. You know, we there's no way I could do what I do without my employees. This is like a good segue with employees here because they help you to be efficient on the farm. And mm-hmm. somebody- wrote in and asked, like, could you give three tips for being efficient on the farm? I didn't have employees on my list, but they really do mm-hmm. help. They help you to get more done on the farm. So one of my, I guess my three tips, I kind of was thinking about it a little bit this morning, is I use something, I guess it has a title for it, but it's called plan keeping. I didn't know that it actually had a title for what I do, but just explain the process. So I have a hard time working from seed starting, like bouquet planning to then seed starting. My brain just doesn't work that way. And so we have our seed starting schedule. You know, I've got that system down on what we're starting and what we're going to get from our harvest list. But during the season, I do make a bouquet plan every week. So with spring shares, it's a little bit easier, summer stuff, whether we're doing market, 
grocery. I have a list. I'll do the walkthrough. I see what's ready in the field and I make recipes off of that. It goes in an Excel spreadsheet. And so it'll say, you know, if we're if we're making 150 bouquets, for example, and we're going to put three celosia in each one, that's 450 stems. So 45 bunches of celosia is going to get cut. So my bouquet list is you know my recipe is what the girls will you know work off of it then becomes my harvest list for them to pick and then i have that as a record we still do have other things that go on that harvest list right so we have a separate harvest sheet but for me that just keeps everything very clean and tidy i have a record of it so i can always go back and look and say like hey what did the bouquets look like last year how many stems were we putting in it i'm able to look at it from a number of stems and then value, right? Like how much are we charging for this with the wholesale price versus retail? So that's how I work that. That would be that would be one tip mm-hmm. that I have. I just I touched on this on the very first question, but self-evaluation and I am constantly looking at what is wasteful. You know, I'm looking at my employees, I'm watching everything to body mechanics when they're harvesting or we're stripping, like we're kind of always talking about it. And so I, I feel like this idea of self-improvement to me is a way to improve efficiency because you're kind of always looking at it from a lens of, okay, I threw a lot of crop of this particular thing away. Um, and I know like mid-season for next year, I need to make some adjustments on how much dianthus I grew this year. That's one example that I know that's standing out in my mind. So that would be one, I guess that would be my second one, would be just constantly self-evaluating and looking at where there is waste. And that could be from like product or another example I guess I would have of this would be we did our Sunset U-Pick and we used to set up tables for it and chairs. And it was a lot of labor to move all these tables and chairs down. The reality is I'm like, we have hundreds of people here at one time and 60 people can sit. And most of the time, those same 60 people sat the entire time. And so we made the call last week and I was so glad we did. It was just, it was such a time saver. So now I keep looking at like, what can we cut out that the customer isn't going to notice the value change on, but it saves us time, you know, saves us time and labor Mm -hmm. um, in order to do that. Yeah. And the last one that I, I had is this is going to be unique to every person, but it's finding your focus time. So I'm an early morning person and that I can get my email knocked out, my list for the day for this, the employees and the things that really take a lot of my time and intention. And so I would try to dial that in for yourself because if I sit down and try to write my email in the afternoon at two or three o'clock when I'm sort of tired. I've been asked a ton of questions. I've been given a lot of direction and guidance through the day. I don't really have anything left in me that feels like funny or inspiring or anything to write an email list about. And email is just the one that I happen to be using, but Mm -hmm. anything that create a presentation for a speaking engagement, something that requires, or even writing a template for a podcast, like it needs to be when I feel fresh. And if you're a night owl, that's you know, yeah. utilize that time. But I will, you know, I make sure that there's no cell phone on, there's nothing that's going to like buzz or pop up. And and I, you know, I'll tell the employees that, you know, whoever I'm working with, like, I need this chunk of time. And then there's no interruptions. And so mm-hmm. they know unless somebody cut something off not to interrupt me. But those would be, I think those would be like kind of my three yeah. things that I feel like g- gain me back some time in my life. So yeah. What about you? I think for me, efficiency has really kind of boiled down to trying to uh, really be 
cognizant of how many times we're touching things throughout the day. So touching is a huge, I mean, like if you really look at one process, one crop, and you realize how many times you're touching it, you're going to be like, wow. So for me, we're always just trying to find ways to touch things a little less. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's like all of the handling that happens, you know, and just like a really easy example of this is we were bunching a big order for a florist and we cut, we knew we needed like, let's just say, I don't even know what it was, 200 stems, dahlias or whatever. So we cut all the dahlias into a percona because we kind of know 50 dahlias fit in a percona. So we cut four perconas. Well, when those came up, so we had someone cutting. Then we all the perconas came up, and then we had someone counting, actually counting, and then bunching them at that point. Then we were friggin' four dahlias short <laughs> because we were estimating based on the perconas. And so then someone had to run back down, get the dahlia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, this is painful. This is like, mm-hmm. so you're gonna like feel, like really try to be aware of like feeling those things like, wow, this is stupid that we're doing Mm -hmm. this. So now it's like we should have counted and bunched in the field, like taken rubber bands down with us and bunched in the field. And that would have eliminated this whole extra process up in the barn Mm -hmm. because we're already counting down there kind of. You know, we like generally when we work with the employees, we teach them to bunch into tens in our hand Mm -hmm. before we're running to the bucket. So just just think about how many times are you going to your back and forth to your bucket when you're Mm -hmm. harvesting? Like yeah. really try to cut that down. So there's all kinds of things that you can look for, but it's more just like becoming aware of those things on your farm. There's, there's a million different processes that happen on a farm. How many times are we touching one thing? Every time, if you look at it from a scale of like profitability, every time somebody touch it or you pay someone to touch it, you're losing profit on that crop. So that's mm-hmm. a really important piece. And I would say like that's the main efficiency thing. And then you can kind of, once you get employees or if you have employees, have them become more aware of looking to see how we can mm-hmm. touch things less because there is nothing worse than wasting time. And you know what? Uh, my second tip, which is knowing where your crap is, making sure mm-hmm. everything on your farm – now, this is easier said than done, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a it's an evolving process. But for us, making sure that every place – everything has a place. So yes. that's tools, that's netting, that's – what T post, whatever it is, because you should like also try to keep track of how many times you spend looking for something. Oh, it makes me crazy. <laughs> oh my! We God. bought we bought extra tools. I bought this year. I bought extra tools because our yep. farm is split into two. So mm-hmm. we have an upper field and a lower field, and they will go up top for a Wonder Water wand, mm-hmm. like the Wonder Water. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God. I'm buying two. I don't care that they're thirty some yeah. dollars a piece. I'm buying two because I, you just like eh, there goes yeah. the gator up over the hill, you know. And I'm like, there yep. goes some dollar bills. Even though it's like it's it's, I just need to solve it. I just need yeah. to, yeah, yeah, get it, get it in a mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, just everything should you should really try to have. Everything will be easier if it has a place. Because then if you do, if you're taking inventory, like, do I have enough? Wow, like yep. uh, netting. Okay, I yep. can know the spot where all the netting is supposed to be and there's not like netting hiding somewhere or whatever. So those are all things when we're talking about like it, 
just talking about employees. When you have an employee, you, they're going to have to know where to find things. So yeah. before you have employees, it's like really fine tuning where that stuff is supposed to go. That way you're setting the right expectation for the employee and no one feels frustrated. Mm-hmm. But I think those are like my two big, and I guess I would say my last one would be kind of like time blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like trying to create spaces where you do certain tasks all together. Like all like my planning or like brain power space goes into one hour or so. And I really try to like time myself and be like, okay, in one hour, I realistically have to get this, this and this done. And then really like really making sure and holding myself to that because I am like, I love the business side of our business. I could spend hours dreaming up the next thing. I mean, the podcast is definitely that for me, but I really have to be like, okay, like this is what has to get done or prioritizing your top three and making sure those three things get done first. And then Mm -hmm. anything else is an extra. There's lots of ways, there's lots of different ways to do it out there when you have to kind of find what works for you. But for me, it's how many times am I touching thing and does touching things and does everything have a place or like the two big easy ones that you could go out and implement right now on your farm for sure. Yeah the girls today we did florist stuff today yes and I bet I I checked in at one point I'm thinking all right stuff seems to be taking just a little bit longer I so I checked in and (laughs) they came down they were transitioning the next task and Emily came in and said well sorry it took took a little bit longer but the rooster jumped in the van and then (laughs) to get the rooster out of the van he proceeded to run jump on all the florist buckets oh so then they were Reharvesting, yeah, <laughs> that baby might end up in the pot. Okay, <laughs> send you some chicken Freaking this weekend. Rooster. I'm like, which one was it, Brent or Brett? Like, which rooster? We have we have great rooster names: Brent, <laughs> Brett, Steve, and Chad. Oh those are the rooster gosh. names. But I'm like, he's costing me money. I'm not making that much on those zinnias anyway. So I'm in the forest, and he snapped the heads off of them anyway. Oh. That's funny. That's not efficient at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. I just yeah, I think like encouraging people to look at your farm through an efficiency lens. And it's mm-hmm. hard when you're in it. I mean, I totally get it, but that's where like being the business owner is gonna require you to do those things. And um, I think once you start getting used to looking at it through that way, it gets a little easier. It yeah. gets a little easier. Mm-hmm. So agreed. <laughs> okay. Next question. How did you learn about growing flowers? Did you take courses or were you self-taught? For me, I and Judd both, we were first generation farmers. We had zero agriculture experience. We literally learned just from the old school of hard knocks. <laughs> the old plant and stuff and it not working and then figuring it out again talking about business owners, you're a problem solver. Why is something not working and figuring that out? Like you almost have to have like this voracious, like, like need to figure stuff out as an, as a business owner, you'd be like, okay, Mm -hmm. that went terribly. There's so many, we live in a world where you could literally get any ounce of information you could ever want at your disposal on your phone. So I really don't allow myself to not be successful at things. I just figure it out until I'm successful with it. Are there lots of variables in what we do? 100%. Yes. And that to me, that was like the hardest thing that like hurdle I had to get over was like all the variables. But I think just getting out there and growing. So on the other side of there being so much information, there's almost too much where you could mm-hmm. like sit in like analysis paralysis over what to do next. And sometimes you just got to get out there and grow it. And um, I think that's kind of my best advice. I never really took any courses. I would just say we just learned little by little. 
and kept growing that knowledge base. Yeah. I mean, I would, I, like I said, I've been doing this since I was 16. I went mm-hmm. to school for horticulture at Ohio State, but it's this very different. I was there for landscape horticulture. I knew a lot about plants and growing and I have the biology background and those sort of things, but growing flowers and and running a business is, is very different. And, you know, I would agree that just like starting out and just really learning to grow a particular crop. And I think Jerome talked about that in our, in our episode is like, you just kind of put some bulbs in the ground and see how they grow and see how they, they work for you. And that's the same thing. It's like starting on a smaller scale. I think in the beginning, I just, and I I've, know I've said this in earlier episodes before is that my part of the learning curve was just learning to give myself some grace to mm-hmm. fail. I, I had this pressure of myself just like, you have a horticulture degree. What do you, you know, how can you not know how to grow something? And I was like, well, yeah. sometimes plants just fail. I have nailed asters every single year that I have ever farmed. And this year, I should show them to you. You will, <laughs> I know you hate like asters. <laughs> I'm like, what happened? They were like the most beautiful things Aww. I've ever seen in the plugs. And I'm like, I really don't know. I, I And yeah. I, at this point, I'm like, I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out next year. We'll get it next year. Um, but that's my favorite saying is like, eh, yeah, next year, next year, yes. next season, next season. Yeah. And being able to just like, you know, give yourself some grace to to screw some stuff up. And yeah, you know, it's it is farming. We are honestly, there are so many variables that go into it. The season changes every single year. It's different. But yeah, just just learning. There's tons of stuff out there, tons of information. And I mm-hmm. think you're right too. It can be a little bit overwhelming, even yeah. what's out there. Oh. So yeah. But we live in the don't be afraid to dig in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Last question. Somebody uh, somebody asked us what our favorite books were when starting out. And so I have three and we will link them. Mm-hmm. We'll link them in the show yeah. notes. We'll give you guys links to our favorite books. I bet Shannon and I have a very one that's very similar. Mm-hmm. So the first book I ever read, I don't read any – I don't haven't read any flower farming books. Not that I don't – that there's probably value in it. But what I am most interested in about running a farm and running a business is business-related books Mm -hmm. and self-development books. That's where I have found the most value for myself. Marketing, Mm -hmm. things that are just sort of outside the industry because I think I can make it apply to what it is that I do. The first book I ever read was Business Boutique by Christy Wright. Mm -hmm. And uh, Christy is part of the Dave Ramsey, I think, posse, whatever you want to call it, network. Whatever. And it is. it talked about everything about running a business. She, where I learned to separate my personal finances from my business finances, mm-hmm. writing a business plan, everything you need to do from starting from ground zero to starting a, to having a successful business is in that book. And she's done it very well. Uh, she, she's even shared, you know, work-life balance and all those things. It's a great book. So Business Boutique by Christy Wright. Mike McCallowitz, Profit First. Shannon and I have mm-hmm. – we did awesome. a whole month. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. It's really, really great from a financial aspect. And then the other one that I read early on that I really liked was James Clear's uh, Atomic Habits book. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about self-discipline and a lot of things that – we talked about even today about like efficiency and hiring employees and like how do you stick to something, you know, if you're starting a new habit within the within your business that you, you know, with Profit First, that's a great segue with it because Profit First is all about habit and training mm-hmm. yourself and it ties right into the Atomic Habits. It's a great book. So those yeah. would be my three yeah. recommendations. Okay. So my definitely, I'm a Profit First. I 
Love the book. I have read that multiple times. That is a good one. Every time I read it, I kind of take something a little bit different from it because I'm at a different spot in my business when I'm reading it. So if you've read it before, I would I would really encourage reading it again. I, I literally run my business on it. It is a really great foundational book, no matter where you are or even if you're just getting started. A flower farming related book that we utilized when we first got started was a really good like nuts and bolts flower farming book, which is The Flower Farmer by Lynn Bazinski. Yeah. You should be able to find that sucker pretty cheap on Amazon. So just a lot of foundational knowledge about crop selection, variety selection. A lot of it's, I don't know, I assume they've probably been updating that book over the years. So I'm sure just about thinking about how you're going to be laying out your land, what you're going to be growing, who you're growing for. We have a lot of really great foundational type episodes like that, like target audience is a really good one. So if you have been listening to the podcast, recent episodes, but haven't listened, that's a really good one that if you're thinking about starting a farm or in the beginning stages, determining your target audience is a huge piece. That was a tangent, but it got me thinking about it. But mm-hmm. the flower farmer has like a lot of, I think, foundational type stuff that would be a really good a really good first read, especially. And then one of my other favorite business books, which I have read multiple times, which is Building a Story Brand by mm-hmm. Donald Miller. I read that one. He that That's a really good one. Just talking about creating a story for your business that people want to follow and want to support. So it's speaking to your customer the way that they want to be making them being the hero in the story. It's a really good book. And if you're looking to connect with your customers, which I truly foundationally believe is like 60 to 70% of what we do is connecting and giving them a reason to come buy flowers, making them feel like they need flowers. Like people, we literally have a luxury item that we sell. So it's so important. That connection piece is huge. And I really do. I love that building a story brand book. So that's a really Mm -hmm. good one. So I think those are my – Atomic Habits is also a good one. I've read that one mm-hmm. before. I think those are my top three. Yeah. My those ones I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've read Profit First a few times. I haven't mm-hmm. read – I didn't read Business Boutique again, but I've read Ahomic, Ahomic, Ahomic <laughs> Habits. Atomic <laughs> Habits. Twice. Yes. It's a great one. Good one to read. So, yep. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was fun. I think we talked about good. a lot of good stuff. We did. Yeah. Always. This is what yeah. always comes out of those uh, question boxes. There's just really – yeah. A lot of people are asking the same things and, uh, you know, similar, I guess, theme to questions. You'll see it repeated. And it's like if we see that question repeated enough, we're like, okay, this is something we need to yeah. we need to approach and, and yeah. share with you on like how we do it. So We got a couple of comments in our most recent ones um, that are just saying, hey, thank you guys for changing the insiders format so we can take a look and we can consume the content whenever we want. So if you didn't know our membership group, the Dirt on Flowers Insiders, we used to have like certain enrollment periods. So like if you weren't enrolled in the month of August, like you wouldn't get August content. But now we're just working and building on creating this huge content library. So each month as we add new pieces, it's just adding to that library. So now if you wanted to join the insiders and you wanted to see all the profit first extras, like you could go and you could dive into that book with us at that time. It's not like off limits because you weren't with us in February or March or whatever. So that's a really cool perk of something that we're doing now. And we've gotten so much good feedback on that. So yay, I'm clapping for Lindsay and I because we really do try to figure it out. And we want more than anything is just to make sure that the membership is really valuable to you. So that's the number one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So I just explained to you what the Insiders was all about. Obviously, 
we have talked about this in the last episodes, but if you've tuned us out or you leave us at the very end, that's usually when we're talking about it. But we're actually doing something really exciting now through the end of August. So if you leave us a new podcast review, you'll be entered to win a month, a free month of the Dirt on Flowers Insiders. So all you need to do is leave us a review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you want to leave reviews is great. Give it a screenshot. And then email it over to us at chat at thedirtonflowers.com. And that will just let us know that you entered. So we've have we've had some entries, but we need more. And reviews really do help us get into other people's ears. And when you share a podcast, it's literally like the, the best compliment you guys could give us. So we really do love hearing from you. And then at the end of August, we will notify the winner. So make sure you get all of your entries in before August. We really appreciate you guys doing that. Okay, guys, thanks for listening each week. It is amazing. We literally pinch ourselves and we're so grateful for your support and you just loving the podcast. So we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. 